My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> And welcome back to The Back Pocket, the podcast that certainly wouldn't admit to soiling themselves on their first day of school (laughs) and walking around with it in their pants until it went stale. I am Jack and I'm joined once again by Alistair. Yeah. It's amazing how fast news passes. I was going to say, it's been such a long week that I forgot about that. Pant poop saga was less than a week ago. We have a new AFL CEO, sort of, kind of, maybe coming up. Confirmed, Andrew Dillon. Oh, Um, I missed that news too. I was too busy thinking about... Dylan said Wayne that... Gary shitty himself. <laughs> weren't, weren't we all? Um, that's what I do in tell interviews. I say it was too woke, but by the way, did I tell you I shat myself once? He didn't empty it into the toilet. He didn't think to go to the bathroom. I kind of get it, though. As a kid, you're... You can be traumatised. That is and, true. Like, that is true. But I had a lot of trauma as a kid, but I didn't use it to do coke and beat women. Knowing what he has done as an adult, it's hard not to laugh at his uh, plea. Yeah, it, it was an interesting one. I, I Only someone like the Herald Sun would publish it. Um, oh, that was so strange. Andrew Dillon, anyway. <laughs> our new overlord. Um, what I find really funny is that he, in his press conference, said that he asked for advice from Dimitri on how to get the job. And Gil asked Dimitri on who to give the job to, so it's really good to see that the boys' club is still really strong and well and truly in action. Um, it's taken months to convince him, this headline says. Oh, I don't know that man. Anyway, yeah, he, carry he on. did a bunch of AFL jobs, obviously for the last decade or so. So there's no real shock. Um, I think people are some people, mostly Richmond people, are disappointed it wasn't Brennan Gale. Why? I'm kind of disappointed don't it wasn't Brennan Gale because I, I would have found it funny for them to obviously not all Richmond supporters, but the ones who have the real conspiracy brain on, trying to justify how Brandon Gale was also out uh, to get them. Yep. But, um, unfortunately, that isn't going to happen. But anyway, we had a week of footy. Uh, uh, a week. It was. It, it was took so a week. Long. It took a week. Imagine if it was a Thursday game. It would have been... I, yeah, I wouldn't be relentless. watching it. i tell you that. Anyway, uh, my one vote mm. for this week. Oh, you're, you're first. Sorry. Am I? Votes. Votes. Uh, sure. Uh, my one vote, uh, no one would have picked me saying this. Maybe you might, actually. Uh, I'm giving my one vote to Jake Keladajny. He was so close for me. He had my one vote until this afternoon. So I've given him one vote, not only because he did have a good performance, and you can say, oh, but Sydney didn't have any players. Regardless. He still to have a good game. Had a great game. But it's also been a body of work. It's been three yeah. weeks here. In, like since he came back so into that side, since he came insane back. how much he's changed them. Um, uh, he and so if I said that to you two years ago, oh, you would have laughed at no my way. Face. It was funny because I was saying a few weeks ago he's a really important in when he comes back. Um, I've never seen him play like he did on the weekend. Mm-hmm. He looked so assured. Mm-hmm. His decision making was just ninety four percent efficiency, Jack. I saw a. <laughs> I, my dad actually tagged me in a a bit from Cameron Ling does it one for Geelong a podcast, mm. and he was talking about Collins game and how good it was. And there was obviously highlights attached to it. And I was watching some of his kicking by foot. And, like, obviously I saw it when I watched the game. Yeah. But seeing it all back-to-back, unrecognisable from the player from three years ago. Your dad was um, pretty happy I gave him a vote then. So, <laughs> in- incredible growth from Colo. Um, yeah, and I think he did deserve a vote. He played a really good game. Yeah. I couldn't sneak him in, so I'm, I'm glad you did. Yep. Um, no bias here. My one vote went to Nick Haynes. Okay, fair um, 
who I, I just thought had a really good game. They really fought in that game. I was really impressed with GWS um, after a couple of disappointing efforts. Um, I thought they showed a lot of fight against Brisbane. Um, Haynes had 27 disposals at 89. 11 of those were intercepts, 581 metres gained, um, four spoils and six pressure acts. But it was just, it looked like a bit of the Haynes of old. I think we yep. missed a lot of that last year. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really impressed and happy with his game um, on the weekend. So happy to I, give him one. Yeah, I left Haynes out to put Colo in. So. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> we're sitting on that same fence, so I get that. Uh, all right, my two votes, uh, people probably, Richmond fans probably be mad, it's not higher. Jaden Short. Didn't sneak in for mine, yeah. so yep. He was um, in my special mentions though, so I'll cross another one of those off. Very easy. 30 disposals, really about 80% efficiency, nine intercept possessions, seven marks, four rebounds. Literally everywhere, but most importantly was taking a lot of marks across yep. that 50 mark. Um, they looked so much better with him back. A hundred percent. It's a bit like, um, I think I highlighted it, a bit later in the year last year, but it is looking very similar to last year's Richmond's problem, which was that they fade out of games really badly. Mm. Against both Sydney and Melbourne, they were right in it three-quarter time. Um, they both ended up being quite comprehensive losses. So. They could have faded out in round one. Where was that? <laughs> yeah, you lost that one. That was the first game they weren't tied yet. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's not it's not what you want, the time of game where you want to be consistently dropping out. Yeah. Um, and look, it's only a few weeks in. It's a small sample size, but um, it was their biggest problem last year, I thought, so... Um, hopefully I can fix that up. It's probably not helped by the younger players there. Younger and older, the there's moment. not much of yeah. the the, the Jaden Short age mm. players in that middle profile. So I do get that. My two votes mm. um, was James Sisley. Fair enough. Um, 27 disposals, nine of those intercepts. He had 10 rebounds, um, 11 marks, won all three of his uh, contested defensive one-on-ones. And what I love to see from a defender had four score involvements despite zero inside 50s. It's pretty um, good. And 661 metres gained. So a pretty big game from gained. him. Um, once again, another team that fought really well. I think that'd be... It's one of those games where people are going to say that, you know, oh, they, they fought really well and they were plucky, but I think they'd be quietly kicking themselves a little bit about that because mm. they were two goals up with, I reckon, five minutes to go. Um, and Adelaide are a very good team. Obviously not going to take that away from that goal Fogarty kicked under that much pressure was yep. outrageous. But... Um, I think Hawthorne want to have their time again on that game and, and probably win that because the way they were playing all game, it wasn't like Adelaide lowered their colours. Hawthorne played really good footy. Yeah. A lot of good run through the middle, um, good good pillars at both ends. So It was really funny because I had no interest in watching that game, but it was all right. Yeah, I, hopefully uh, we get that same result with that Gold Coast-Richmond game this weekend. Like, pill it in between two games that look like absolute rippers. Mm. Um, hopefully that one's all right. because what Sunday? It might be the... Uh... Yeah, that's right. We were watching the ad. <laughs> yeah. And they were advertising the other two games and just completely ignored the one in the middle. Yeah, oh, that's on, by the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So that's my two. All right. Uh, straight and simple. My three is Jack Sinclair. Apparently loves to play against Carlton, doesn't he? He is a freak. Yeah. Um... I'll, I'll spoil it now because I want to talk about him. Um, mm. He's my five. A five, okay, um, all right. I thought his game was insane. He got 10 coaches' votes, which I, I helped, Understandable. helped back me up on that. He was everywhere he needed to be at every time he needed to be. Yeah. Um, before we jump into his stats, I laughed at something I read today mm. um, from Tim Watson. Mm. who Bound said to be a cracker. Oh, it was a really good bit. Um, he said... <laughs> he said... You know when, when people in footy journalism... Like really use projection on the football public without people last week I saw an article saying like did Sydney underrate Dawson no no they didn't you did obviously before now they wanted a higher pick for him Tim Watson said and I quote we never talk about him as a player he was the Trevor Barker medalist last year he was the All Australian oh, halfback flank last year okay. 
and I know it's not a huge metric, but he's in over a quarter of fantasy teams. Lots of people talk about Jack Sinclair Jack and Sinclair think about him often. Has become a no, I wouldn't say maybe not a household name. No, but for people but who know footy, footy he, he yeah. is an A-list football player. Yep. He's a very good player. Mm-hmm. He's a genuine leader of that club. Don't talk about him. He had a great game. Um, Twenty-seven touches, nine pressure acts, four hundred and fifty odd meters gained, a whole bunch of score involvements and a score launch. Uh, he had what? one inside fifty for the game, and it was a direct goal assist. We did. We said we we've said this last year. We said it this uh, earlier this year on the podcast. His ability to turn his career around from being a unnoticeable small forward to yep. a genuine gun uh, yep. is crazy, and uh, he'll continue to get votes for the rest of the year. I can almost I, guarantee. I think it. so. He was right up there for us last year. Yep, um, and he he will be again because. I like that they just keep him in the back line. His heat map, despite uh, the fact well, that they got... did start him in the third. In yeah, the he middle. had a couple of uh, I think that was just to break the Kerno tag. Um, um, but and... he ha- there, there was bits of that game where, so I watched that heat map, and like despite the fact that he got the ball all over the ground because mm. he has a massive tank, just... his heat map was just in the fifty, yeah. like in the middle. So um, my three votes was to uh, last year's winner, um, Tom Brass. Okay, I left Brass out. Um, <laughs> they were really good in the second half, and yeah. I thought he was. Pretty much the reason. He had 12 intercepts. He had a season-high seven contested marks um, for the AFL uh, of his 10 marks. Um, eight of those marks were intercepts. He had nine spoils and won 11, 10 out of 11 one-on-one contests. Where are you getting those stats? I don't uh, see those stats. They're, they're on the desktop website. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he had seven pressure acts. And I love seeing a big man do pressure acts. Yeah, pressure acts um, are good. I just thought it was really good to see him back to form. He was probably, after Shui went off, took over the role of captain yeah. for that game. So... Um, look, like he's a brilliant football. We know it. Oh, um, don't get but me they've wrong. had some really rough, absolute rough housings the last few weeks. So it was good to see him have a chance to actually mm. play his role and play it really well. So, um, yeah, good from him. That's probably one I missed out on uh, a little here. Uh, what are we on for? Four. I'm giving my four to Jake Lever. Yep, he was in my special mention oh, this week. Wow, we've, um, we've gone way off the We board. have. I, I Look, I had Jake Lever... <laughs> Like, I did this week a bit different. Like, I did, like, a list of players that I all thought deserved votes. Yeah. And then I kind of rounded down from there, and he didn't make the cut. Do you not do that every week? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do that every week. But, like, differently. I did it differently, so I don't know how okay. to say it. Okay, all right. But, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're not doing that, you should probably be doing that. That's <laughs> obviously what I'm doing. It's where I get my special mentions from, uh, the ones that don't make the list. Jake Lever, 20 disposals, 10 intercept possessions, 10 marks, 5 rebounds, a couple of 1%ers, uh, and he was pretty sure down back. How, how good do they look with him in the team? Mm-hmm. Heaps. Um, Heaps better. Obviously, May is the other one. Like that, together they're better. Those but two work really well together, but I think taking just one of them out makes yeah, absolutely. Makes a difference. Um, but yeah, he was brilliant again. He's had a couple of really, really good games this year. So, and I love watching him play at his best. He's um, got a he's high ranking mustache. His fifty meter penalty was confusing to him and me. I'm still not sure what it was for. How are you confused by that? It was a little weird. He was in the protected area. Yeah, I, I agree. He was warned. He didn't leave. He ran forward fifty. Yeah. Uh, it didn't really cost a goal, though. I think it was. It was. It was going to be a goal. Ten meters out, yeah. pretty much directly in front. Um, my four. Uh, Does it rhyme? We'll to your five, and it ends. Yes, it is Darcy Moore. That's my five. Uh, it's your five. Yeah, yeah, I thought it might be. He was brilliant. Um, in a game, especially in that last quarter, uh, which was really tight. I thought from the get go. Oh to no! The end. But I mean, in that game, all all over, he was great. He had eight spoils. Um, he was marking balls that he shouldn't have been able to get near. He had three score launches mm. um, from the back half. He had one, all three of his one-on-ones, seven marks, five of those were intercepts, and three rebound 50s. Forget the fact that he had 17 at 95%, which is also outrageous. That's just a great defensive effort. Um, and I feel like his speech after the game mm. um, almost boosts him a little as well. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> it was... 
I heard it and I was like, that's a genuine captain. He is one of the best captains in the AFL. He's shown that already this year. He's so composed at all times. Anytime he's speaking to the media or the players. Um, that was a brilliant game. The goal after the siren really ruined mm. how close the game was. Yeah. Like it, It's like um, Max Rook in the 09 Grand Final putting mm. out two you goals. You didn't have to play like, that one. It, it kind of ruins the scoreline. Like it doesn't, you look back on things and you see the six or seven point difference. Mm. You go, what a great game. And 13, for some reason, you feel less so. But that was a brilliant game. And I think... Ah. Moving away, like, slightly from, from more, which we can move back to. Um, I'm seeing a lot of talk about Essendon, you know, having six goals kicked against them in the last quarter mm. to lose that game. I was like, yeah, but Collingwood had seven goals kicked against them the quarter before for Essendon to be in the position they were. Yeah. Like, it was swings and roundabouts. There wasn't, like, it was just all Essendon until that point, and then they faded away. Yeah, but I guess what it does show is that Collingwood had the time and energy to bring yeah. that back. Oh, absolutely. And Essendon did not have the energy to defend that yeah. lead. Um, which says a fair bit... Um, yeah. about where those two are at. Uh, I feel like sometimes it's easier to peg back a lead than it is to defend it. Uh, and obviously Essendon have been in and out of finals all over the place. Um, and Collingwood just have this faith now. Um, like yeah. th- Their confidence when they're chasing those leads must be incredible. And just, like j- Even just seeing the way some of their players interacted with each other, after uh, Ginnivan kicked a goal, ran to the bench, you see him and uh, Ash Johnson just celebrating with each other, even though they were still... Two goals down. And, and Dacos's final term was one of the best quarters of footy I've seen. Crazy. It's funny where, like, one of his biggest criticisms is he doesn't get enough contested ball. There was one where he picked it up in a pack, spun through a tackle, and kicked it inside 50. And then followed that up moments later by just kicking two goals in a row to yeah. get in front. Um, that's what's scary is because I, I definitely still think that he does get uh, a lot of his few ball cheap yeah, possessions. Sure. But... There's, he's a second-year player. The ability to grow and actually be able to do that himself is terrifying. I was saying... Um, I saw a tweet earlier today saying that it's baffling that people still think that. And I said, well, I think the funny thing is that like, it's true to an extent that a lot of his ball does come from that. But it's what he does with it. How good do you have to be in your second year to be your, the most trusted distributor in a team that made a prelim last mm-hmm. year? Like He is the most trusted ball user in that team after 30 games. They look for him, and it's because he's... What he does with it is devastating. Yeah. Um, he's he's a great decision maker. His kicking skills are elite, um, and he's fast, lightning fast. So, um, yeah, he's he's just a jet, and obviously he can't get votes because he played so much midfield. He's forward. not a defender. Um, Simple as that. Yeah, and it's not about when I see him line, get more, when I see him get more than three tackles a game, <laughs> I, he can he can be a defender. Yeah, um, and it's funny I'm saying. <laughs> The comparison to Sheasel, um, because it's really funny that people are saying like that Dacos is better. So well, at the same point last year, Dacos was playing kind of like Sheasel is now. Mm. Dacos only elevated to this freak stuff this year. Last mm. year was just a very good year from a young player. Yep. This year it is a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it's and also just stop comparing players. It's one of the most boring things. Sheasel's played football. six games of AFL footy. Leave him alone. Absolutely. Um, anyway, Dustin Moore, great, brilliant. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry for talking about Dicos for uh, 30 minutes, but that's what it feels like to watch AFL these days. It, it does. It does. I feel like... Um, I think, wasn't it Buckley who called Jack Sinclair the Nick Dicos of St Kilda? So stupid. I, I saw someone basically in response to that. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, um, this Darcy Moore has a bit of a saver about him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure Dar- I'm sure Nick Buckley, uh, Nick Buckley, Nathan Buckley didn't see it. <laughs> Buckley! <laughs> I'm sure Nathan Buckley didn't see it, but I hope he did. Uh, no, um, um, still smelling his own farts, I reckon. Anyway, uh, that's the votes. That is the votes. Um, uh, my honourable mention. Mm. I'm giving one honourable mention. I've got two honourable mentions. Because it's the same team. I don't know if they count as a defender. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm just giving a mention to Lockie Weller for being good. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I had Lockie Weller there as well. He played a lot of 
lot of wing this yeah, week. Lots of wing. Um, but but he was good. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> um, it's it's weird when I actually wanted to go into that. I don't know if you know this. Do you know that there's only one club that Gold Coast have a positive win loss record over? Oh, don't say it's Carlton. No, it's not. It's North Melbourne. Okay, that's And it makes was positive sense. going into this week. And I find it really funny that it's almost as if North made a bargain with the footy gods back in like 2009. And it was like, you don't have to relocate to the Gold Coast. Mm, but the team but that does move there them. will beat you almost every time. <laughs> and it's worse at Metricon. Mm. It's 8 4 up there. Damn. Um, it's a fortress. <laughs> it's against North, yeah. Um, I, just, I just, I learned that before the game. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I it was obviously reinforced knowing that I really thought North had a good chance. Like, I tipped Gold Coast. I, I talked them up. I have a, a group chat with a couple of old work friends of mine, uh, and they know I do this podcast. They sometimes ask me for tips, and I talk North Melbourne up. I was like, it's Goldie's 300th. He's a legend yeah. of their club, and he will be in all of... Uh, uh, Hall of Famer, yep. All-time Hall of Famer. Um, but no, they couldn't do it for him, and uh, that is dreadful. It was a bit of a dreadful effort. Pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and just Sheezel was just gone, curtailed completely he out of that game. He had a hip knock, I believe, Did he? at one okay. point, and I think he had a hand injury last yeah. week. He was still running around, though. I noticed yeah. that. Uh, did you see, speaking of hip knocks, Shuey not only twisted his ankle, but also did his hamstring. <laughs> I should like, laugh, but like, the, the fact is... that he got a knock and that caused him to do his hamstring. <laughs> like, the club is also treating his hamstring while he is off having his ankle It's a shame. Shuey is... He, you know, he's still leading um, per, like, on average games this year. He's still leading set of clearances. For them? So for the AFL. Oh, really? Like, average, because obviously mm. he hasn't played every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it just shows how important he is when he's playing for them. Um, and it's just you just wonder what they can do, or if there's nothing, if he's just at that point where... You know, the soft tissue injuries are so damaging. I don't know what his contract status is, but this has to be close to last year. I don't, yeah. Nurse him to 250. Make yeah. sure he plays it because he deserves that. Now, this one has obviously, I think, been done to death already. But I do want to bring it up um, about that beer Frio fans made. I think it was a Frio supporter <laughs> podcast to mock Rory Lob. And there's one, thing, there's one thing to not spell it with two Bs. Like, the lobster is yeah. two Bs because his yeah. name is Lob. Maybe they were fearing a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But then to lose, and to lose so emphatically. You know, it's been and so long, the, I almost forgot about this. BT brings him a beer in the rooms. That's great. That's and and there's just BT. photos of Lob just posing with it after the game. He must have loved that. I think the best part was, I know he didn't kick many goals, and but he had his chances. Mm. He was good. Like He, he, was, he right. was pretty good. That's the best game he's played this year for the Bulldogs. Decent. Um, I'm not sure what to read into the game, though. Like, I'm not sure whether the Bulldogs played really well, which I thought they looked like they did. They play, I think the Bulldogs were going at about an eight, and Frio were continuing to do their yeah. terrible uh, run so far, but with the added caveat of spending all of their energy and focus on Rory Lobb. On Rory Lobb. That moment. The goal. Oh, my goodness. And I'm glad that footy shows have been Yes, they really picked it up. Because when we, it happened, we were like... We talked about it. We're like, <laughs> hopefully someone brings this up, because that was terrible. It was awful. And I'm glad it got, it got a run on... should never have been able to kick that It got goal. a run on the round so far. It got a run on the Sunday footy show. Because, yeah, there were there were six of them on two Bulldogs players in on the forward flank. And it just meant they were all out of position. No one was ready for the ball to I drop. I mean, in reality... Eagle Hagen probably should have oh, put that goal. through, yeah. through taken, any of the He's picks. taken plus more than 20 shots on goal this year for, I think, eight goals. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that obviously there's a work in progress there and it, it should come together because some of the stuff he does is incredible. But yeah, it's just basic team defence to be in the right position. And there were so many parts of that game where they were so focused on lob that it was baffling. Um, 
I think my favourite part of that, though, was when Rui Lobb lined up on goal and missed. And the cameraman panned to, I think, the one section of crowd that didn't care. Like, they were just sitting there like... No, my favourite was the two people standing backwards. With oh, their facing the, the wrong camera. way. It's so embarrassing. You think no one had ever left Rio before. Oh, it's, it, but also, <laughs> he played 170-odd games for GWS okay. before he went to Rio. You've gone a bit high there. He hasn't played 170 oh, games for GWS. It's probably not that many, but he played <laughs> it's more. like 50. It's like, yeah, he's had 170 total. I think he played like 90 for GWS or 70. What are you talking about? No way. He's 30. Played a fair few games. Royals played 74 for 70 GWS, 66 okay. for Frio. Exaggerated. Put a one in front of it. But he's, <laughs> yeah. he played more games for GWS than Frio. They yeah. didn't draft him. He gave them an extra season to what he wanted to give them. Which and played probably finals. his best year of football. And then got the trade that he wanted eventually. Like, it was it was so odd. I, they are a strange, strange football club, Frio. It's, it's obviously what Zero Flags does to a fan base. Maybe um, it's just... Maybe it's just the byproduct and it's not the fault. maybe it is the effect of uh jesse hogan and cam mccarthy all of these i don't know i said mccarthy mccarthy um all of these great white hopes the forwards they've brought across from other clubs who haven't performed been dropped been in the media and left um maybe the it's fear, the fear of jackson yeah maybe it's that um, um but if i was luke jackson and i'm seeing the way they're treating someone who dared to want to go back to Melbourne rough yeah I mean at least uh, I mean I was going to say at least Jackson's from here but so was Lobb He's, yeah also like Perth. Uh, weird yeah um, yeah I just don't know what to think about for you I look I, it would be different if they hadn't performed the way they did last year I think it'd be easier to look at their list as young and developing yeah but they had such a strong year last year and players who had such a strong year last year just aren't having the same impact on games that they were I feel like the core is still there like the, played... the most of last year they missed they didn't have five so they played the best of their football with the midfield they're currently running Monday's the the real Monday's the like loss the, he was such a distributor they but... were able to turn their uncompromising defence into attack last yes year. they um, were they weren't scoring high yeah. but they were scoring whereas now I feel like they're really struggling to put on scores when they need to um, they've lost that middle ground their uh, defence this year Monday. looks like what they made other teams defences last year look like trying to get out of 50 yeah they have no idea where they're going there's no structure past that I just think about that that one the Geelong one yeah right? that was the where worst one from behind yeah. the goals you see them pass it to about 20 and they players. had just such a great wall set up yeah. they just couldn't get through it and turned over it was a goal um, they're making every team look like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's very strange it's not, it's not even the other team's structure half the time no. their ball movement's so slow um, and, and the decision-making, well, it's also slow. Like, that's mm. the thing. that They're not picking the target when it's there. And the slowness shouldn't be in a young team. Like, you shouldn't be seeing that from a team that has such speed and skill. And it's interesting because you've seen great success from teams that have changed coach and just gone, let's kick dangerously and let's run. And it makes a huge difference. And I think... Uh, Matthew Lloyd said it best when Matthew uh, Matthew Voss, uh, Michael Voss, and Justin uh, Longmuir are kind of just stuck in their ways at the moment, and they both need to learn how to pull the trigger. Yeah, um, I think um, that was such a big part of it. Didn't work the couple of years before, but that was such a big part of Geelong's turnaround. As they a went from club. a long down the line marking team. They they pulled the trigger some of the time, and now it's just the game plan. The game plan is just go as much as you can um, and it, it works like you when it you've got to trust your players mm-hmm. um, and I think the players you, Collingwood's a great example mm-hmm. like the confidence of knowing that if you get it wrong you've got the coach's backing so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter 
amazing because you will see some of the most brilliant pieces of play pulled off. That the last goal that Collingwood kicked, I think it was the last one, or not the one before, the one before that, was just such an incredible burst of play. Like they do that like no other team does, where they just get over the top. It's been a scrimmage, and then just suddenly they're all loose because mm-hmm. they've got legs. Um, and when you watch any team do that, it's exciting. And then you see Freo is obviously the worst one, um, and Carlton took a lot longer. And I feel like half the team wanted to do it, and half of them were stuck in their set plays. Um, it just looks so boring. Even when the score comes, you just yep. like it just took so long, and it was so painful. There was a couple moments I think you would have heard me frustrated. Carlton ended up getting a goal out of them. But I was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, where you were is the? Frustrated. Yeah, I know. But like, <laughs> it was like, what do you? What, what? There were so many other ways you could have got inside fifty that would have got you there thirty yeah. seconds faster and resulted in that same goal. It's it's incredibly frustrating. And I mean, sometimes you can put it down to a lack of personnel. We talked about it earlier with a lot of Carlton's run being out. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Frio have a lot of run in that midfield. I know Sarong's not the fastest. I know Brayshaw's not the fastest. But they're, but they're not, not stodgy. Slow. Yeah. Um. I mean, Omir is not fast, no, and neither true. is Brody. But that's why you rotate them in and out. Yeah. Well, you talked about the rotation issue last week with Gold Coast. Yes. And now they've lost Miller for oh, yeah. a month. That's going to be interesting. It's um, just going to be Fiorini in to take his numbers. Yeah. They'll just swap one player in for him. And that's another stale one, isn't it? Like, and that was a the problem. Their ball movement looked good against Geelong, mm. um, and for probably half a game against Frio. I don't know. That's because there was no collar. That's why. Yeah. Don't know why that half time against Frio they decided to just stop. With mm-hmm. the good ball movement, um, well is a huge part of that though. You need a distributor. We talked about that, yep. um, and he's brilliant for that. But yeah, I do worry about oh, Gold Coast and that midfield. But I, if there's anyone they can beat at the moment, it's Richmond. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, bro- speaking of Colo type roles, though, Broadback for Richmond this week will be big for oh, this week. Yeah, it should um, be over. So I, that that'll help them out a lot, just in general for shoring up behind the footy. Mm. And I don't think players like a Chandler would have got off the leash like they did. Had <laughs> they actually had a few of their defenders back there last Chandler week? Chandler or Chandler? Ch- Chandler? Chandler? I don't know. I'm not sure. Either way, he looks pretty good. He, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> um, he just seems to play that same that role stupid, every week. Like that it, stupid mid-sized forward that Melbourne keeps seem to picking out of nowhere. And that Van Ruyen. Yeah. What, like, silent all game, and then it pops up to have one of the best last quarters. They were going to sub him. Just just smashed at home. Um Speaking of players that got subbed, Nathan Kruger, the never-ending experiment at Geelong that has turned into a never-ending experiment at Collingwood. Um, I don't know why he played. Billy Frampton looks really good in the ruck for them. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of more height in general because yeah. stay was out. Mm. Um, they moved Frampton forward. Um, but yeah, there was a few moments where his physicality was good because we know he's a massive lad. Yeah, but he's a bit aggressive. He made a, a few shocking mistakes and got subbed out and they just decided they didn't need the height and they clearly he didn't. He was like a, a supplementary pick of some sort. Yeah, he? he was an academy pick. Um, so you can't have the two had the, yeah. um, like extra picks, but they uh, were... It's, it's safe to say McAdams the better of those oh, two. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Geelong traded a pick mm. to get Kruger because he was part of the academy. Yeah. Um, he's, I think, uh, Andrew McLeod's nephew. Mm. Um but yeah, it came through, and oh, look, I, I always thought he was a prospect down back, but w- ha- had a bit of that uh, ability to give away a free kick or do a Sam Frost and just do something. And you said, "What are you?" <laughs> I, had, doing? I looked at Frost for a little bit in my votes. He, he he was. I thought that too, but then I remembered some of the things I watched him do, and I went, "I can't do it. I can't." I think um, I don't know who was commentating. Was it Dwayne Russell? I don't remember. Said something like. Uh, <laughs> 
Hawthorne fans wait to applause Sam Frost until they see where the disposal yeah, yeah. ended up. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a he's a decision making king, Sam Frost. Um, I never know what he's going to do with it. It's fun and, to watch though. But his highlight of his career was Petrocelli just mm. ripping his shirt off of him because Petrocelli thought he was faster than him was just an amazing thing to watch. Uh, Incredible. Um, oh, good old Frosty the Go-Man. I actually got eight tips right this week, uh, which compared to my normal felt really nice. Uh, it's not bad. It's a shame about the one you got wrong. Yeah, the one I got wrong was Carlton. <laughs> look, I, I stand by if Mackay had kicked one of those two goals, I might have got that right. Yeah. Um, that really just summed up Carlton's half of footy, I think. Goal kicking is a problem. It's, it's, becoming, a, it's becoming an issue. If you don't... And, and just across the AFL... Um, if you aren't kicking your regulation goals, you're not going to win games. I know that seems easy, like, in, in brain to say, kick goals, win games. But but you're right. Geelong last year is a great example of that. Melbourne as well. Um, Melbourne weren't. And then when they started kicking the good one, the, the standard ones, they started winning games. And it's different between, you know, pot shots from the pocket. But, yeah, some of the shots Carlton took on the night were ones that you have to kick to win games. And mm-hmm. they weren't able to. Yep. Um, I think that was true for Essendon as well um, on the weekend. They they were in the first half, and then when the pressure was on, they weren't. I think Jake Stringer didn't even have a touch in the last quarter after dominating that first half. So, um, yeah, it's it's a vital thing. And I always find when teams do the, um, oh, you know, if we kick straight, we would have won. It's a, it's a skill of football, isn't it? Like, that's a... Kick straight, then. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's also the fact that a lot of times when you see the scoreboard and it's like, 12-17 versus 17-12. It's like because one team is better at defending and it's yep. forced that team into the pockets. So or is rushing things through. It's yeah, not always a case not of missing. Um, um, it's, it, there's more to say to that. But when you see, like there's a couple of games against GWS this year. I think Essen kicked like 8-20 and Carlton kicked like 9-18 or something. Like They were just bad kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I obviously watched those yeah. games and that I remember, especially the Essendon one, I was like, are you just going to put them away or are you just going to like let them stay in this game Forever, I thought GWS were going to do them for, for how just from how badly they were kicking um, during that game. It was utterly incredible. It's the easiest way to put teams away is to just be able to kick. Yeah, straight. like if you kick like six goals one in the first quarter instead of three goals four, um, it just makes a massive difference. Yeah, I, I do like. I will say that currently between third and eleventh, there's one game. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm adding Frio to my teams that can't do it list. I think Ooh. I've seen enough. It's a bit early, but I can be disappointing it. for me. Um, and I think we had GWS in there as well. I, I don't. I'm not saying that Freo and GWS can't make finals. I think they could, but I just don't think they have the consistency or confidence to go up against a powerhouse team. Wait, wait. So is this teams that you think could win it, or teams that you think could make finals? Well, I'd write GWS out of finals. I think. Okay. And oh, probably Freo. I think at the moment Freo. Okay. Like, yeah. I can't see them doing it. So it'll be interesting to revisit that. I'm yeah. not talking about who I think can win and won't win. Because... I reckon that top eleven is our batch. Um, currently, that's Bulldogs, Geelong, Sydney outside of the eight, um, and then the current teams in the eight are obviously there um, yeah. with six games in the bag. So, um, but it's going to. It's always got the extra game this season, which adds a whole different level. It does of change things. Circumstances. Um, oh, and we haven't even talked about it. Tasmanian team coming in twenty twenty seven. Huh? We getting one of those? Yeah. It's uh, the funding got confirmed. It's going to get announced on Sunday, which means it's being announced twice. Um, <laughs> do we I know, saw that it was do like. Do we know the like? the year they're expected to come in 2027 yeah so um it's really funny because it was like a start your rebuild now yeah well that's why people (laughs) are saying Hawthorne's done a really smart thing right because they're going to get their draft picks now and next year and not in the years that the draft is going to be compromised by the new team coming in um but it's 
look, I, I have obviously hesitations against there being an extra team. I have hesitations against there being a bye week. Uh, bye week? Bye every week. Yes, I mean, a bye every week. But I, obviously, Tassie deserves a team. Mm-hmm. They, they love football. They deserve a team. It's too hard. I don't think the AFL can cut a team or mer- move a team or merge a team. There's too much in football now. Which means there needs to be a 20th licence. There does. Um, probably to the Northern Territory. That would make sense, but I don't think it could happen. No. Then I think there's a game scheduled to be played in the Northern Territory this, territory this year that and, they're cancelling. And there's also the issue of um, the same with Tasmania. They didn't have a stadium mm. on the scratch. So they, had, they, they got the sta- funding for the stadium, uh, mm. which Albanese told the press today that was going to be announced on Sunday, which is why we heard that Andrew Dillon has been announced mm. as the new CEO, which is why we know Tasmania is going to get a team. Um, so the stadium, the stadium's only going to have twenty six, I think, thousand. Um, but they will play games both there and at York Park, where Hawthorne yeah. play their games. Yeah. They'll rotate. You know, bigger crowds will play at the main stadium, other ones at York Park. Great for Tassie um, as a state. Great for football in general. Um, I, I think we've actually genuinely seen a filter off of talent in the last ten years from Tasmania, um, which probably could have been avoided had we had a team there earlier. Mm. Um, there's just not as many players from down there as there I feel like were. Not too long ago. No. Um, the Coladagnes are from there. Uh, Nan Curvis is Tasmanian. Obviously, the Rewalt's from down there. And I, uh, Cowan is Lucky Tasmanian. Cowan's Tasmanian. But there's definitely a lot less than there. Yeah, Jones might be as well. It used to be. So, um, fingers crossed it all works out. Um, but it will be really interesting to see how it goes. Rumours are they're going to be called the Devils, which I find a bit boring. No, Devils and Demons. You can't have both. Um, Just copy of the basketball. Yeah. I, I don't do the cricket, though. Hurricanes, which you don't even have in the Southern Hemisphere. But... Um, yeah, good old Tazzy. Uh, I didn't like the. Uh, oh, James Sicily, I think is. Is he from down there? Yeah, James Sicily is Tazzy. Yeah, I didn't didn't love his uh, sentiment when asked about it. I don't think that Hawthorne's major sponsor, Tasmania, would have loved it either. Uh, he say? said he doesn't see himself playing down there. There's not much to do. <laughs> doesn't know why anyone. Sure, surely know why anyone would live a... there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you the list. There's uh, from Adelaide, Chase Jones. We talked about Lockie Cowan. Yep. Jeremy Howe and Brody Mycheck are both from okay. Tasmania. Jai Menzi, Andrew Phillips. Alex Pierce. I didn't know that. Didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, Colo, uh, Lockie Weller. Yep. Ben Brown. Aaron Hall. Taron Thomas. He's probably... Oh, maybe they can pick him up. Uh, it's a good start, right? Uh, yeah, like... Uh, Ryan Mansell. Up, uh, Robbie Fox. Liam Jones. And there's four Tasmanian umpires. Oh. And there are a slew of AFLW yeah. Tasmanian players. So, look, it'll be good for grassroots footy, obviously. Um, there's, like, an ongoing commitment um, to build that up. I'm, I'm assuming what they'll do is do what Gita Western Gold Coast did and put them in the VFL for a couple of years. Oh, good. There'll be um, no buying the VFL. That'd be nice. So we'll just get one in the <laughs> AFL the year after. Um, but, yeah, I... Brendan Gale's from Tasmania. Really? There you go. Oh, maybe he should have been CEO. Um, I, I don't know how that, that, that will work, though. Like, do you, I don't remember how it worked, honestly, because I was 16. Well, um, when we had the bye? No, when the the Suns and Gita West played in the VFL. They just... Did the kids play in the VFL? Was that the 16-year-olds? The mm, early, I don't remember that. Picks? I remember them being in the VFL and then they had both teams the next year. Well, they had a one, one team each year. No, 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 I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. had VFL and they had AFL and VFL. Yeah, yeah, year. correct, yeah. Well, Neeful back then. Neeful. Yeah, now it's all VFL. Uh, might have been Quaffle at that point. Before oh, it became Neeful. Yeah, now it's just all, all VFL. <laughs> it's called the VFL. There's teams from three, four states. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't question it. 
it's, Surely it's you just change it to like the Eastern Seaboard Football League or something, don't you? The, oh, the VFL wouldn't stand for that. No. They like, have to, the, the VFL have to exist. The year it didn't happen, there were fucking riots <laughs> in the streets. Um, so as long as the Bull Ants are in it, I don't oh, care I got what it's called. I, I was talking about them the other day at, um, when I was doing a game of Champion Data. We were checking the VFL scores in general just to check how you know AFL listed all, especially previous AFL listed players. We yeah. love, love having a look at that. And um, Bull Ants are... Uh, fighting this year it's really good to see that they are fighting and i haven't seen them get blown away once every week they're in it not really they're in it it's like, it's like five goals um that's what happens when you tell a team that they've got a license six weeks before six days sorry before a season starts <laughs> they beat sydney's vfl team that's all that matters um, to me like good on them um yeah sydney's vfl team is not exactly brilliant we don't talk about you didn't have to bring that part up <laughs> hey but if, if a team if a Basically, a team of country footballers <laughs> can beat you. You're really struggling. Where do they play? Where do they play? Bullets, yeah. What's their home ground? Preston, right? I've no idea. It's a great question. I should but know. I it. wonder if Eagles are going to give up on. Same way Freo did. I wonder if they're going to give up on having a. Yeah, um... Preston City Oval. Okay. Because they used to be Preston and they became yeah, Bullets yeah. and they became Northern, Northern Blues, Blues and then we were. Oh, you're yeah, Northern Blues and Northern Blues. Yeah. Um, I wonder if West Coast are going to give up on having a waffle team in the same way Freo have. They probably should. Because this is two years in a row. Well, last year they did have to forfeit games. Look, if they if they, if they they sort out their injuries, it won't be a problem. Yeah, but like I, I feel like Freo understood that it's not worth the headache, right? Like you'd rather be able to just rest someone or, or two people for a week if you've already got an injury list than yeah. have to... I, I saw them try bringing up Lewis Jetta this week apparently as well, trying to get him to play. I don't know if Gofield's going to play again. Um, but he, I, played, he played forward. I did see a, a um, <laughs> um, I saw a Reddit post where someone said, "Yeah, my old teacher was given a call to to come out for West Coast. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's still fit enough, but <laughs> I, I rate that highly." Yeah, so so Lewis Jetta called this week. Schofield took a pack mark, kicked a goal, mm. tried to fight his own teammate, realized it was his teammate, hugged him instead. That was really funny. <laughs> I saw that because I, I, I had to watch moment. the highlight because um, there was one earlier in the game though. Um, the <laughs> we look at it was he kicked one from. Like, outside 50. Should have passed it. Absolutely should have. But it was clearly just a Pinked first it. quarter, Might moments well. back on the footy field, bombed one, and it's done the reverse Monfries. It's landed <laughs> 10 metres out directly in front, no one in the goal square, and bounced straight backwards. Um, granted, he probably would have hit the roof at Marvel. He kicked it that high. Mm. Um, but, yeah, good on him. Had 12 touches, five hitouts. The reverse Monfries is when you never play for a free kick. <laughs> Let's freeze. <laughs> Let's freeze. <laughs> that's, we're wrapping it up. On All that. right. Yeah, that's the night. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, it's nice to have no Thursday game this week. So we'll actually pop this out today. You've got a day to go, oh, there's no football tonight. And then uh, tomorrow football's on again. So tomorrow for, when it comes out, obviously not for us. It's twice and tomorrow. As always, uh, we are available on the internet, on the podcast apps, and you can personally send me money at paypal.com forward slash <laughs> give out your email okay, okay. Um, you can bleep it out right? put, money in the, put, put some money in the Kofi wallet if, you, if you're generous if not um, just listening is nice enough click click subscribe follow us on something I don't know probably not Twitter that is mostly rambling yeah don't don't go to Twitter Facebook Facebook website Spotify if you can find my Tumblr and follow it I will I will pay you money yeah we'll give you 50 cents <laughs> don't do that Thanks for listening. <laughs> this has been The Back Pocket, and we will see you next week. Bye.